And I know that Zach already commented on it, but these girls did an amazing job, didn't they? You know, as somebody who has been involved with young people for literally half of my life, they are not the future of the church. They are the now of the church. So I hope that you appreciate what we have here and the fact that they're willing to get up there. Okay? And that has nothing to do with anything. I just wanted to say that. Anyways, on to what does have to do with anything. God provides. And if you don't get anything else today, I want you to have those two words bouncing around in your head. And so I'm going to start off a little bit differently today. This isn't going to hurt you. It isn't going to kill you. But I want you to say it with me. Just those two words. God provides. Come on. God provides. All right. So hopefully you're having a good day. But in case you're not, in case you are in need of a win, know this, guys. God provides. Have any of you ever played Monopoly? Do you know why they make so many different kinds of Monopoly boards? That's so families don't have to have the same argument all the time. Okay? <laughs> it's like last week we had, we had an argument over regular Monopoly. This week we're going to have an argument about Mickey Mouse Monopoly, right? I kid you not. In England, the royal family is not allowed to play Monopoly. Because the queen found that it made them so out of sorts with each other that she banned it. She said, nuh-uh. She probably said it differently than that and probably did, you know, that thing. All right. All right, but we had this saying, we had this saying in Richlands, okay, we never, we never lose at football. We either win or we got cheated, right? <laughs> and, and, and we all want that win, don't we? We all, we all need a win sometimes. Whether it's Monopoly, whether it's football. You want to know a secret? Sometimes when I go to, like, the grocery store, I get in a checkout line, and I kind of keep an eye on the other lines to see if they're moving faster than the one that I got in. Does anybody else do that? So, so you know, and, and, and if I see someone that got in a different line that's headed out of the store before me, I start giving the cashier a pep talk, like, hey, we, we need to have some teamwork here. You know, we're down, but we're not out, that kind of thing. Okay, I don't really say that out loud, but I do think it really hard. And, and maybe you don't do that. Maybe you do. But there is probably some area of your life where you are way more competitive than you need to be. And the fact is, we all want victory. We all need a win sometimes. Sometimes we fall a little bit short. And that's when we need those two words, guys. God provides. So today we're still looking at miracles. Those times when God overrides the laws of nature to do something amazing. Hopefully I can point to you to God today and have you saying, Wow, God, you are truly amazing. You are truly miraculous. All right, so in addition to that, we're going to take some time today and talk about how God provides. Because God provides for us consistently, and yet his means of providing can vary depending on your circumstances, okay? And I may not make you a better Monopoly player, and some grocery line may go faster than the one that you get in. But hopefully we'll leave here more prepared to trust God to provide us with the needs that matter, matter the most. So for those who listened to Zach's message last week, it was online, I know we weren't here, okay? But if you listened to it online, it was really good. But he talked about a guy named Moses who led the Israelites out of Egypt. And so he did that by miraculous means. So Moses led the Israelites through the desert for 40 years. And then he died. Sad for Moses, right? But he died, and a new leader took over the leadership role, a guy by the name of Joshua. 
All right? And so God, pretty early in Joshua's tenure, tells Joshua to go and conquer the city of Jericho. All right? And we're going to be reading in Joshua chapter 6. So if you want to turn in your Bibles, that's where we're going to be. We're also going to have it on the screen. All right, and here's what the Bible has to say about that. Now, the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out, and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. So the first thing I want you to take home from this today is that God's provision comes when we can't see it. God says, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. But what did Joshua actually see? Let's go back and and read the first part of that again. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. So if I'm Joshua, I'm thinking, God, do you maybe, are you thinking of a different Jericho? Because that one, I, I don't have access to that Jericho. So what Joshua saw was an impossible situation. What Joshua saw was certain defeat. There was no way that he could go and conquer Jericho how God said he had. But God was inviting Joshua to see the situation from a higher point of view. God said, hey Joshua, look at it from my perspective. I've delivered Jericho into your hands. I have already provided your victory. And only God can talk about the future in the present tense. And that's pretty amazing, okay? Anybody know what first, um, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 tells us? If not, we'll put it up here for you, all right? It says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. So God has already prepared the victory. He's just asking that Joshua have some faith. But notice that God did not provide the victory the first day. Could God have just dropped the walls of Jericho at that very moment? Yeah, he's God. He's capable. Um, have any of, you, any of you ever watched the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? All right. So I'll be honest with you. I'm usually most excited for the balloons because I love seeing the big balloons go by. That's kind of my thing. All right. But, but this year, the story of one of the marching bands really caught my attention. There was this high school marching band from Oregon. And y'all remember there were uh, wildfires out in California on the West Coast a few months ago, right? So this marching band, because of all that smoke from those fires going up and down the coast, they had to travel two hours every day just to go to a place where they had clean enough air to practice and to blow in their instruments. Two hours. So if you ever think that driving 15, 20 minutes to come to church is too much, understand, they drove two hours every day just to practice. So it was a lot of effort for them to prepare. It was a lot of effort for them to get ready. But do you think they probably thought that it was worth it when they got to march in that parade? Yeah, today may not be your day for victory. Today may be your day to prepare for the victory that God has ahead for you. What you need may not be in sight for you at the moment. Just like Joshua saw those big walls. What you need may not, may not be in sight at the moment. But that does not mean that it's not where God has you headed. 
So the next thing I want us to look at is that God's provision comes when we act in faith. There are two parts of this. First part is listening. Carrying on in Joshua chapter 6, it says, Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. We can't know what to expect from God if we fail to listen to God. So like if you feel that, that your marriage is lacking and you believe that starting a relationship with that coworker that's you know, kind of nice, kind of cute is the answer to your situation, you didn't listen to God. Okay? That is not the proper solution. That's not how God provides. If you have bills that you aren't sure how you're going to pay and you're like, okay, I think I'll just go rob a bank. You didn't listen to God, right? That's not how God provides. So if you want to be able to trust God, if you want to be able to act in faith, you have to listen. You have to know that God is willing to work in your favor. All right? But you came to church or, you know, you chose to listen to this online or whatever. So we've already agreed this morning that God does what? He provides, okay? So we're headed in the right direction on the listening. Good job on that, okay? But what's the second part of acting in faith? The acting, all right? So after Joshua listened to God, he then acted on God's instructions. Let's read what happened next. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time, the trumpets were sounding. A lot of you already know, well, some of you probably know, that I'm married to an incredible baker, all right? She, she can bake really well. What you may not know is that I can follow baking instructions if they're written on a box, <laughs> if, <laughs> if I read the box correctly. Once I was making, a bo- making brownies, and the box said to put in one-third of a cup of water kind of read it as one and one-thirds of a cup of water. Do you know what you get when you put four times the amount of liquid required into a brownie mix? You do, yes. Abby has it. It's soup, okay? You get like this chocolate weird soup that is not fit for human consumption, all right? You know what often stands in the way of our success? Failure to follow directions. Joshua and his people, they set out with the trump, with, the tr- with their trumpets and the Ark of the Covenant. What was the Ark of the Covenant? It's not just that thing in the Indiana Jones movie that melted the Nazi faces, okay? <laughs> For the Israelites, it was the representation of the presence of God amongst them. So if you're the people inside the walls of Jericho, you see these Israelites marching around your city. They're not moving towards you. They're just marching around. But they have the Ark of the Covenant. All right, so everybody in the region knows this means that God's with them. So if you are the people in Jericho, you probably want to start checking the wall for cracks right now, right? All right, so the next thing I want you to know is that God's provision comes at the proper time. Let's read the next little bit. 
On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and circled the city seven times. When the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. At the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. All right, so I remember when I was younger, I read this one Spider-Man comic book, okay? And at the end of the comic book, Spider-Man is in like this toy warehouse. And there's one guy who's on a conveyor belt about to get impaled by some of the machinery. There's another guy um, who's about to get run over by a crane, all right? And so there's a situation at the very end, and it ends with Spider-Man can only save one or the other. So that's how it ends. And, and so I'm excited for the next month because I'm like, oh, which one is Spider-Man going to allow to die? All right, and the next issue came out, Spider-Man found a way. Yay, go Spider-Man, right? But here's the thing. He's Spider-Man, yeah. All right, but we all love heroic story because we love it when things work out. We love it when things work out properly, okay? We love it when Robin Hood defeats the evil prince. We love it when Inigo Montoya and Wesley save the Princess Bride, okay? We love it when things work out. There's an old song that says, Joshua fit the battle of Jericho. And that's true. Joshua did fight the battle, fight the battle of Jericho. But before Joshua did any fitting, God delivered a path to victory. And I don't know what you may be facing. I don't know what aspect of your life has you saying, God, I need a win. God, I need you to provide because it's not within my grasp. The walls are too high. But what I do know is this. God already knew the solution before you realized there was a problem. All right? Psalm, 18, Psalm 118 has a great truth. You can cling to in those moments where it seems hopeless and you think that maybe God forgot to take care of your need. It tells us this, Psalm 118, 13. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I love that, guys. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. So how do we know that God will provide? That's what I want you to think of as patterns of provision. Zach has mentioned that the point of this series is miraculous. It's to look at these amazing miracles in order to see the miraculous. To be in awe and in amazement at the God who performed them. Because we have a God who can be trusted. Sometimes we have an easier time. I want you to get this in your heads, okay? Sometimes we have an easier time trusting God with our eternity than with our tomorrow. For most of you, if I asked you, what is going to happen to you after you die? You tell me, oh, I'm, I'm going to go to heaven, right? Most of us would say, after I die, I'm going to go to heaven. So then, why are some of us anxious about what's going to happen tomorrow? I'm not trying to shame you, but I'm trying to give you a reason for some peace. If you didn't lose sleep last night, worried about what's going to happen to you when you die, but you lost sleep, worried about what, what today would bring your way, then I want you to consider a change in your perspective. If God can take care of us 
for a literal eternity, then why do we sometimes forget that he has today under control? So here's the deal. We want God to provide, okay? We want God to provide, and God wants us to trust him. And I'm not the best at math, and that's no fault of any math teachers I may have had along the way. It's just not my thing. But it seems to me that if we add those two together, they equal you can trust God to provide. So when we look at a story like Joshua in Jericho, it teaches us something very important. Past provisions are a promise of future blessings. Joshua could trust God to provide a way in because he had seen God's provision nearly every day of his life. After the Israelites escaped Egypt, they were low on food, and God did did this in Exodus chapter 16. It tells us, The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them, At twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. So Joshua was was probably a child at this point. And God literally provided food for them to eat. You think that it maybe made it a little bit easier for Joshua to trust God when he looked at those walls, knowing that basically every day of his life to this point, God had provided food? I think it helped, okay? Sometimes victory looks different for one person than from another, okay? I like to draw, and I think I'm fairly good at it, okay? I've had people come at me, and they look at something that I draw, and they say something like, that's really good, but I can't draw a straight line. Somebody tell me, when did the standard for good artwork be the ability to draw a straight line? Has anybody ever looked at the Mona Lisa and said, whew, that Da Vinci guy, he could do some straight lines? (laughs) I've never understood that one, okay? But at the end of the day... My standard for great artwork is probably different than yours. What you like to look at and and how you decorate your house is probably different than my taste. And that's okay. In the same way, though, what you need from God is probably different than my need. For Joshua, when God provided the victory, it looked pretty epic. All right? God broke the walls down. All right? But what did victory look like for Samson? God still brought the walls down, but in the case of Samson, they came down on his head. It was still a victory. It was still God providing for the needs of his people, but it was what we would probably call a mixed blessing, right? So God still provides. God's means of providing may look different to different situations. Sometimes our goals can be material, you know. You want that Corvette. You want the mansion on the hill. You want that really nice snuggie. You want somebody to get you that blanket with sleeves for Christmas. Did you know Did you know that they have Golden Girls Chia Pets now? For reals. I saw this the other day. So if you've ever wanted a bust of B. Arthur with grass growing out of her head, you can have that now. Society is not progressing, is it? All right, but anyways, I'm not anti-stuff, but God did not make you with the highest goal being the collection of stuff. So maybe a win for you would be when your spouse has grown cold and you all turn that around. Maybe you're facing unemployment and a win for you would be finding a job. Maybe you have, a trou- you have trouble with your temper 
And maybe for you, keeping your cool when you're about to lose your mind at someone would be a win. Maybe your win would be forgiving yourself for past mistakes that you just can't seem to get let go of. All right? I'm not a person of great self-confidence. But I have had, you know, like I said, I've been involved with young people for a long time. And I've had a few opportunities where parents have told me, you know, you made a difference in my teenager's life. You made an impact. For me, that's a win, okay? That is a reason to keep going on a bad day. So maybe what you need to know is that you make a difference. So maybe for you it is a material need, all right? Probably not the Corvette, probably not the B. Arthur Chiapet, all right? But maybe, maybe you have a material need. But whatever that need is that, eat, that is eating at you, that is stressing you, that's costing you peace and sleep, as surely as God provided in the wilderness, and as surely as God brought down the walls of Jericho so Joshua could fit that battle, God has your need within his grasp. The victory that God handed Joshua wasn't just so that Joshua could feel good about himself. It was so God could be known and so that God could show his might. God does these things so we can look at our circumstances and say, God has my situation under his control too. Sometimes we put these miraculous workings of God at arm's length. Okay, that's something that God used to do. God doesn't do things like that anymore. Providing for his people is not a bad habit that God quit through some 12-step program, okay? Throughout the Bible, Old Testament and the New Testament, you'll find patterns of God providing for his people, all right? We've already looked in depth at how God provided an opening for Joshua, and we've talked about how God fed the Israelites in the desert. We can talk about how God provided the needs of Elijah and David when they were one of men, And you think, well, Trav, yeah, that's great, but those are all Bible people, and I'm not a Bible person. Well, then I have wonderful news for you. Not all miracles happen to Bible people. When I hear people attributing things to God, all right, if it's not in the Bible, I ask the question, does this fit the character of God as revealed in God's Word? So recently, Jewish folks finished their celebration of Hanukkah. If you're not familiar with what that celebrates, there was a period of hundreds of years in between the last book of the Old Testament and the first book of the New Testament. God was not in hibernation during that period of time. God was still alive. God was still active. God was still working in the lives of his people. God was still working in miracles. So in 165 B.C., the Jewish people were under persecution And their temple had been defiled by foreign invaders. So they started a revolt and returned to the temple with the intention of rededicating it to God. So in order to rededicate the temple, they had to light the ceremonial candles and burn them during the period that they were fixing stuff. The problem was they only had enough oil to burn for one day. And it would take eight days for them to make and consecrate more oil so that they could rededicate the temple. So they can't dedicate the temple without the oil, yet they don't have enough oil to perform the proper ceremonies. So that is as impossible 
as Joshua invading Jericho. You know how, like, if you, have you ever had to paint, like, a porch or something or stain it? You have to be careful not to paint yourself into a corner, right? Because if you paint yourself into a corner, then you're stuck. God is great when he's painted into a corner. Because he's God, and he can just get right out of that situation, all right? So according to the story, that, that one-day supply of oil burned for one day and two days. And on and on for eight days until they were able to make plenty of oil and rededicate the temple. And so when you look in the New Testament and you find Jesus presented um, for dedication at the temple, that's that same temple, okay? Now, um, is that really how things went down? I don't know. I wasn't there, and it's not in the Bible. But does that seem in character for our miraculous God? I'd say it does, all right? So, do we have to be in the Bible for God to provide for us? No, nah, we can be anywhere, right? Which gets me to the last thing I want you to take home today. And that is perfect perpendicular providential provision. Try saying that three times fast. All right. So my daughter had to learn a vocabulary of perpendicular lines a couple of weeks ago. You know what those are? They are lines that cross to make a perfect right angle. You know why I think that's cool? Because God meets our needs right where we are. Wherever you are, God can meet your needs. You don't have to be a Bible person. You don't, have to, you don't have to go somewhere for God to meet your needs. He'll meet you right where you are. That is the story of salvation. That's the story of Joshua. That's the story of you. Is God meeting needs wherever you happen to be? So whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're lacking, take this home with you today. In fact, take this to bed with you tonight, God's child, and rest easily knowing that God has it, okay? So wherever you are in life, whatever your need, know that God provides. But also know that, you know, you have the opportunity to be the means that God uses to provide. Joshua, even after God broke down the walls, he still had to go fight, didn't he? So there may be people in your life that you need to apologize to. There may be people in your life that you need to forgive, there may be people in your life who need your encouragement just to have a good day, to know that they make a difference. So be God's provision when you can, but when you need it, just know that God provides. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for this opportunity to be together with your people. I thank you that you know, no matter what our circumstances, no matter where we are, no matter what we've done in the past, that you are faithful, Lord, and that you provide for our needs, that you take care of us. And I just thank you, you know, as we go into this Christmas season and, and celebrate your son's birth, I just thank you for what you provided there. And I just ask you, please, just be with us and just help us as we go out of here to want to serve you better. First, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.